Welcome to the Garden of Favor podcast, where we are committed to cultivating lives and businesses God's way. Because when we do, we see the evidence of his favor. I'm warning you now, be prepared. You might cry a little bit and you might be tempted to shout a couple yeses and amens as we ask ourselves the tough questions and get honest with God about what he wants to do in us and through us for the kingdom. Hey, sister friend, I'm Heather, teacher turned six-figure corporate exec, turn top 1% network marketer, turn dream job, living my best life as a mindset strategist and kingdom blueprints coach for Christian entrepreneurs. I believe your life is like a garden and your business plays a major role in fulfilling your purpose and calling. Are you ready to get your mindset and heart set in sync with the father so you can bloom into all he's created you to be? Then let's grow girl. Hey, sister friend, before we hop into the day two of the Rooted and Ready workshop, wanted to remind you in case you haven't listened to the first day, go back and listen to that one. But if you have uh, not also got the workbook, there's a workbook that goes along with these three days. So I wanted to send a quick little note to you before we hop into the goodness of what God has for you today about who he says that you are. And yeah, either get in the show notes, the access to grab the workbook through the virtual portion of this uh, or head on over to Garden of Favor Bloom Society so you can download it there from our Facebook online community. All right, let's do it. All right, hello, welcome back to day two of the Rooted and Ready workshop. Are you ready? Are you excited? Are you expecting for some more goodness today? I hope you are because I am literally today is all about I am. So oh, I'm so excited. I have loved hearing some of the testimonies from yesterday and the importance of knowing God and who he is. And I feel the, the significance of putting the God is first is because I spent a lot of time on the I am's. And what I had realized was the I am's were like plugging into a dead outlet. It was plugging it into something dead unless I knew who God was. So that's what was intentional to talk about God first. And I'm excited to continue to see what he reveals to you about who he is, his character, his nature, and how much he loves you. But today we are focusing all on I am. So comment below with I am ready if you are ready to dive into who God says that you are. All right, I am. Okay, so I love to travel. Do you like to travel? If you do, drop an airplane or a car, whatever your preference of travel is, drop that below. Uh, I love to travel. I love to fly. I love to go places. I have always loved to travel since I was a little girl. I, for some reason, I had some really cool friends growing up. My family didn't travel much, but I was always invited to people's family vacations. And I've gone a lot of different places over the course of my life, and I love to fly. I do like a road trip now and then, but I really love to fly. With that being said, one of my biggest nightmares of traveling is forgetting my license. I, this is even before kids, it was something that always freaked me out thinking, I know I need my license because that's my ID when I go up to the tech counter and they're going to say, um, you know, the security checkpoint like to get in. And 
to this day, I pretty much will check my purse at least five or more times, making sure that my license is in my wallet. Because that would be the worst nightmare to get to the airport, which where I live and everywhere, I mean, I've lived different states, but where I live now, it's about 40 minutes away. So I am also the type of person that I don't give myself the two hours that I should give myself that they say you should. I'm usually like there within sometimes minutes, literally, of the flight. But I know I don't have a lot of spare time, so I know that I need my ID because when I get there, they're gonna need that for the ticket, they're gonna need that for the security. I'm gonna need that to travel. So much to where I literally, I will check my purse multiple times praying that my kids didn't take it out or that I didn't lose it or for some reason, you know, it just fell out of my wallet. And it got me to really thinking about why do I care so much? Well, I know that if I go to the airport without my ID and I can't prove who I am, I don't, I could say I'm anybody, right? I can't get to my destination. They're not going to let me on the plane. And they're certainly not going to let me get to where I need to go. And our identity as children of God is really similar. When we don't know who we are and we don't know whose we are, which we covered yesterday, when we don't know who we are, we cannot get to our destination. And I am convinced that so many women are having trouble identifying their purpose and their calling. God, what did you put me on this earth to do? And why am I here? Because what I'm doing now isn't quite it. It doesn't, it's maybe making a paycheck, but it's not filling me up. What am I here to do? What am I, who am I called to help? What am I called to do? And it's not because God is holding out on you because he doesn't know what it is. It's because you don't know who you are. And so today we are talking about who you are. As a child of God, who are you? Today you're going to get your ID as a child of God so that you can begin to make the plans to buy the ticket, get on the airplane, and get to the destination of your purpose and your calling. You're in this world, but you're not of it. And the world is going to tell you many things about you. Maybe growing up, you had somebody say something really negative about you and your personality, or perhaps you grew up in a home where um, some of your personality traits or your characteristics weren't really celebrated, um, or maybe somebody that you used to love said something bad about you. The enemy will use anyone to distort your identity. He doesn't, he doesn't discriminate. He doesn't even care if it's somebody who really loves you or doesn't love you. He doesn't care. He will use anybody. All he wants to do is come into your garden, your mind, and plant weeds, lies of who you are, so that you don't ever get to your destination. He pulls the ID out of your purse so that you're stuck. And I want to help you get unstuck today so that you are rooted in who you are in Christ. You are rooted in who God is and that you are ready for your calling and your purpose. Are you ready? All right. So 
I do have another work workbook for you today, so you don't have to jot down all of this stuff. I would love for you to sit in this and, and listen to what I'm saying, and if you like to take notes, totally fine, um, but I really want you to think about these things, and then you'll have a workbook, again, to work through all of these things. And as a reminder, the workbook is not to get done in one day. It's truly for something for you to be able to sit with the Lord and hang out with Him and learn more about um, just who He says that you are. Like I said, the world is going to constantly tell you who you are and the enemy is going to whisper in your ear did God really say so the first thing I want to talk about today is that you are made in God's image drop that below I am made in God's image and yesterday day one of the workshop was all about God's image God's character God's nature in Genesis 127 it says God created man in his own image in the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. You're one of God's creations and you were made in God's image. So everything that we talked about God yesterday, important to know, you were made in his image. I think of a mirror, that reflection, right? Our lives should reflect Jesus. And Jesus was the the human form on earth that showed us God, his character, his nature, and walked that out as the only perfect man to ever walk on earth. And so knowing that you're created in God's image, it's so crazy that we can look back at yesterday and think, wow, I can embrace all of those things, all of those characteristics, because you're made in God's image. So an image is a representation of the form of a person or an object. And so I really want you to sit in that and think about, man, what what character of God do you admire the most? You are supposed to reflect that. And maybe you could think about a character of God that you're like, oh, wow, I am not that at all. And the Lord wants to refine you and continue to make you who you are. And so you are made in God's image. You also are a child of God. And I think sometimes as adults, we forget that we're actually children. And I know that the Lord continues to whisper in my ear many times when I'm teaching my kids or I'm reprimanding my kids or I'm whatever as a mom yelling at them or, and God just kind of reels me in. And oftentimes he'll say, you too, you too. Second Corinthians 618 says, and I will be a father to you and you shall be sons and daughters to me, says the Lord Almighty. You are a child of God. What do you think that means? Do you expect your children to be perfect? Do you think God expects you to be perfect? Knowing that you're a child of God, what, what is that? What does that mean? What does that, how does that, why does that matter? So I really want you to sit in that and think about you are a child of God. And I want you to really think about where is the distortion? Where is that weed that is in your garden that the enemy has planted to tell you a lie about who you are and that the Lord wants to say, not you, you're mine. I often say to clients where the enemy wants to shame you, 
It's his like favorite thing to do is to shame us and to remind us maybe who we were or, or what the bad stuff that we have done. It's exactly where God wants to reach down and claim you as his daughter. So what the enemy uses to shame you, God will use to claim you as, as his beloved, as his baby girl. And I also I always think of the prodigal son that ran away and, you know, spent all of his money. He was living in a pig pen. That's what he had to eat. And he came home. And when he came home, his dad didn't yell at him. His dad didn't shame him. His dad clothed him with a robe. He put a signet ring on him. He threw a party for him to return home. So if you have been far from God, I want you to know there is no shame in coming back to him. Coming back to him was the best thing that I could have ever done for myself. And there have been many times in my adult life, in my 20s, where I kind of ebbed and flowed. I shared yesterday, I didn't go to church every single Sunday. I wasn't always reading my Bible. In fact, I didn't even understand what it was. And I was discouraged before I even opened it up. I was confused. And as I continue to grow in my intimacy with the Lord and trust him more, I have learned and and started to have a desire for him so if you have been far away from god or perhaps you don't even know that you haven't maybe you don't have an intimate relationship with god you you know him as that dating website that we talked about yesterday he's just a a thing on this list but you want to get to know him you want to get to talk to him you want to get to really know who he is i encourage you please reach out to me i would love to show you how you can really have a more intimate, a true relationship with God. Because that's what he wants with you. You are his child and he loves you. He doesn't expect you to be perfect. That's why he sent Jesus. And for those of you who are perfectionists, drop it below. Uh, I am a recovering perfectionist, right? Don't claim that. Don't claim that as some really cool title that you get to wear on as a badge of honor. Don't, don't, perfectionism is a lie from the enemy because he wants you to believe that you're you're never going to well first of all you're never going to be perfect so he wants to keep you in work mode in strive mode in hustle mode in always feeling inadequate but as a child of God God doesn't expect you to be perfect that's why he sent Jesus to fill in the gaps of your imperfections and how do I know well I used to struggle and wrestle with perfection and I still do to this day and I have to remind myself God doesn't expect me to be perfect. It's okay to take messy action. And where I fall short, Jesus fills in the gaps. If I let him. So you are also a child of God. Another one kind of ties right into that, especially talking about the prodigal son, is I am forgiven. You are forgiven. Drop that below. I am forgiven. Psalm 32, 5 says, Then I acknowledged my sin to you and did not cover up my iniquity. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord and you forgave the guilt of my sin. Sister friend, the enemy wants you to live with the guilt, with the shame, with the memories, with all of the yuck. And over and over again in scripture, God says, if you confess of your sins, He forgives you and he remembers it no more. To repent, it's kind of like this dirty word, I think. Sometimes we think it's, ooh, it's shameful. But no, repent is actually freedom. It is freedom. It's it's all tied to forgiveness. And when we are forgiven by God, we can then walk in that identity of who we are. 
We're going to make mistakes. Again, that's why Jesus came. But if you repent of your sins and you ask for forgiveness, and it's not just a matter of saying those words of please forgive me, because sometimes we, when we get caught, it's more about us getting caught than it is about us actually being sad about us disappointing our heavenly father. Your, your, your kids ever get in trouble? I have three little kids and uh, there's one of my kids in particular that um, is so tender and he does not want to disappoint us at all. And you can almost tell like his sadness just knowing that he disappointed us. And it's not just that he got caught and he's going to get in trouble because of what he did, but it's truly a sorrow. It says to break our heart for what breaks yours, right? And so um, part of repentance is obviously confessing with your mouth, saying that you've done something wrong, but then it's also turning away from. It's repent. If you look at the definition, it means to turn away from, to change, to do something different. So we can't just say with our mouth that we're sorry, because we got caught, we have to actually change our ways. doesn't mean we won't struggle with those things again because the enemy knows our weaknesses. He studied you your whole life and he's like, ooh, where can I get in? Where can I plant a weed in her garden? Where can I just get in there and, and take up precious space of her life and her mind and her heart uh, so that she won't fulfill what the Lord has called her to do? that it'll take up space in your garden. We talk a lot about that in Bloom Academy. Your garden is so important and the enemy wants to plant weeds in your garden, but because you are forgiven, you have freedom. So Satan condemns, but the Lord convicts. And there's a big difference between the two. And um, condemning is to judge or declare, to be unfit for use, to express strong disapproval. That's what the enemy does. That's what Satan does. He wants to judge you and shame you and make you feel like God could never use something so dirty like you or so sinful like you or so worthless like you or fill in the blank, whatever the enemy has been lying to you and trying to whisper it in your ear your whole life. But God will convict, which is to make aware of one's sinfulness or guilt, which to me, every day I pray when I read God's word, Holy Spirit, show me, is there anything that I need to change? Is there anything that I don't even maybe know that I have sinned? And sometimes I pray that prayer, Lord, please forgive me for the sins I don't even know that I'm doing. Because I didn't know that not trusting in God was actually sinning. Like there are certain things I didn't even know that was a sin. I just thought, well, that's, I'm a human. But when we don't trust in God, that's, that is, that's hurtful to him. There's so many different things that we could do that are not in alignment with walking in our identity as children of God. And the enemy doesn't want you knowing who you are. Because if you know who you are and whose you are, you are a threat to the kingdom of darkness. You are a threat because you're going to come out and you're going to be the light shining in the darkness and it's going to expose all the yuck. But that's what you're called to do, to be the salt of the earth, the light on the hill that cannot be hidden. So what in your life do you need to ask for forgiveness for and repent of that and say, God, I'm sorry, please forgive me. I want to change. I want to do better. I want to be better. Because I am your daughter. You are royalty. So you, my friend, are forgiven when you ask for it. And when you, you, you seek him first, there is no condemnation for those who love the Lord. But he will convict. 
And he continues to show me, I share often, it's pride and money. Pride and money are the things that the Lord continues to humble me about. And I share that with you to know that you're not alone. Just because somebody can say a verse or create some rooted and ready workshop doesn't mean that the enemy's not after me too. And that I sin regularly and I have to ask the Lord for forgiveness and I have to have him search my heart. So, you're not alone. And you are loved. Can you drop that below? I am loved. I am loved. John 3.16, one of the most popular verses in our world. But really, if you stop and take a second and think about that. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Wow. I am a mom. I have three children. I cannot even fathom giving my child for somebody else's yuck, my perfect child for somebody else's sin and bad choices and sinful nature. I can't wrap my head around that. But God so loved the world, not just this type of person in the world, that color skin, that socioeconomic class, that skilled person. No, he loved the world. Every single person in it he loves so much with a father's heart that he gave his one and only son. Love, the ne- it's a noun, a strong feeling of affection and concern for another person. Do you really feel loved by God? And not only do you feel that you're loved by God, but do you know that you are so deeply loved by the creator of the universe? So I encourage you to really sit with that because that has been something I have struggled with. Love. What does that mean? God has this agape love for us and that means it's unconditional. Unconditional. There is nothing that you could do today that would make God love you more. There is also nothing that you could do today that would make God love you less. He loves you in your mess and he loves you at your best. It's not a workspace thing. It's a father's heart for a child that he loves so much and he does want the best for you. And he will convict you to show you where you're not living your best and you're not doing your best and you're not being your best. Not out of um, an angry place, but out of a love for you that he wants you to live in the fullness and walk in your identity and take the promised land that he has for you just like he did for the Israelites. God loves you. He loves you so much and I can't wait for him to continue to show you the ways that he loves you. What else about you? Well, he does love you and you are his masterpiece. Drop that below. I am God's masterpiece. This actually comes from the scripture Ephesians 2.10 and depending on which translation you read, the word masterpiece is interchanged with a few other words. So handiwork, workmanship, there's a couple other things, but I absolutely love this version. For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so that we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. One of my favorite scriptures of all time because it talks about us being God's masterpiece 
Each and every one of God's children are his masterpiece. And what is a masterpiece? Okay, so God took me on a deep dive journey of this. I told you I have become a little bit of a wordsmith. A masterpiece is an outstanding work of art or craft. The greatest work of an artist. Something superlative of its kind. Okay, just sit in that for a second. You are God's masterpiece. What? Like a one of a kind, an outstanding work of art? Tell me the last time that you looked in the mirror and you thought, wow, what a one of a kind masterpiece I am. Chances are you probably stood in the mirror and you've picked apart whatever piece about you that you don't love. And I have been guilty of that too. But goodness gracious, would you ever tell an artist <laughs> that their work is ugly? Now I've seen some art that doesn't really resonate with me. I'm like, oh, that's kind of weird. Um, but it resonates with somebody else. God is the master and you are his peace. Are you giving him permission to do what he wants to do with the pieces of who you are? God loves you and he wants to do something in you and through you. But before he can do something with you and through you, he needs to do something in you. And it's to help you understand your identity as a child of God. You're a one of a kind. And I truly believe that this is a season of pioneers. I hear a lot of people talking about this and it just reconfirms what the Lord has told me that a, a masterpiece, a one of a kind, there is nothing like it. And so many women who I um, get to the pleasure of working with are entrepreneurial in spirit and they're looking for that method or that formula or that strategy of somebody else to be able to follow in the footsteps. And I believe that this is so much a season of pioneers where there won't be a plan. There won't be a path to follow. God is your path. God is the master and he is the one who wants to take you on this journey, but you have to, to be willing to trust him. What do we do with trust, right? Intimacy yields trust, so when we spend time with him. So as his masterpiece, are you giving him the opportunity to be your master and for him to pick up your pieces and for him to guide you where he wants you to go? So the Lord has showed me crazy significance in our names. Our earthly name is one thing, and then... God says throughout scripture, he has a heavenly name for us. He gives us a new name. And so in the workbook, what I have put together for you is the I am seeds or the ABCs of the I ams. And each letter of the alphabet, A, B, C, D, each of them have something. And there's multiples, but I've given you one, a place to start. What I'm going to ask you to do is I'm going to ask you to write down your name. In fact, if you right now could drop in the comments, what is your name? Literally spell it out. A-G-A-T-H-E-R. And what I want you to do is I want you to go to this page. It's 19 on the workbook that I will drop for you guys. And I want you to write your name as if it were like an acrostic. So H represents healed by his stripes. And there's scripture that goes with that. E represents equipped in Hebrews 13, 20 to 21. A stands for able. And so I want you to take your name and as you're trying to really embrace who God says that you are, 
above the noise, above the lies that you're believing, above the subconscious lies and the beliefs of the enemy that he has wants you to believe your whole life, keeping you from your destiny. I want you to start marinating and saturating your mind with these heavenly truths about who you are and what a better place to start than with your own legit name. So H-E-A-T-H-E-R and start with that. And I want to encourage you to write these down as I am affirmations. We focus a lot on I am statements, especially in the entrepreneur world, and there's nothing wrong with that, but the power of putting a biblical truth behind an I am statement, wow, his word will not return to us void. And so we know that. And so I wanna encourage you to write your name according to the I am seeds, the ABCs of your identity in Christ, and start with those and write those out as I am affirmations. I am healed. I am loved. I am. And then I encourage you, find some other words that go along with that. Maybe do your middle name and your last name. And if you are blessed, because I don't believe in luck, if you're blessed, maybe you'll get like all the letters of the alphabet between all of them. But I want to encourage you to start embracing who God says that you are. Because the enemy wants nothing more than to steal your identity. And I know that one of the biggest cries of every woman's heart is what am I called to do? What am I created to do? What is my purpose? Why am I here? When you're walking in your purpose and your calling, there's nothing better than it. And I know that because I'm doing that now. And it's only taken me 37 years to get here. So there's no judgment and it's never too late. If you are still here, it is not too late. You have not wait. God will not waste anything. Maybe you have potentially wasted some time or some things because you have let other people or the enemy or whoever believe the the lies about you and who you are. But I am praying and trusting today that the Lord is reinstating your identity. He is restoring. He is redeeming your identity as a child of God so that you can get on the plane and go to the destination that he has called you and created you for. He loves you. He's a good father. He is not, he did not bring you this far just to leave you here and just hope that you make it. He has a well thought out, perfect plan. You have a book in heaven. Did you know that? We hear a lot about the the book of life and your name written there if you've given your life to the Lord. But there's also scripture that tells us that each of us has a book in heaven. But too many people don't even know that or know their identity so that they can't walk in that. So, today is a new day. This is a new week to start owning who you are and whose you are. And not just saying it like a good girl or writing it like a Christian. No, I want you to start living it from here. And that's more of what we'll talk about tomorrow on day three of Rooted and Ready Workshop as you're continuing to get rooted and get ready for what the Lord has called you to do. Let's pray. Father God, thank you. Thank you for this word. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for guiding my mouth and for uh, every ear that is listening to this on the live and on the replay and in this workshop that's going to be available to others. Father, we thank you for restoring us to 
back to our original design like you called and created us to be in the garden of eden the perfection the paradise lord as we are here on earth in the lord's prayer it says on earth as it is in heaven lord that you see us from your heavenly perspective you have heavenly glasses to see who we are and even though we don't see who we are lord i pray for those women who are having an identity crisis who have been believing the lies their whole life about who somebody else has said that they were. Today, that stops in the name of Jesus because we are rooted in you. We are made in your image, Father. We thank you for that. We thank you for being kind to us, for being merciful, and for restoring our identity into who you say that we are. Lord, help us to walk in that. Help us to really relish in that and marinate in that and truly start being the daughters, the women that you have called and created us to be. What a privilege to be your daughter. What a privilege to be your masterpiece. Lord, we lay the pieces down at your feet today and allow you as the master to pick them up to create what it is that you want to create in us and through us to expand your kingdom. God, thank you. We love you. We praise you. We ask all of this in your precious and holy name. Amen.